Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We are so excited you're joining us today and I am excited to interview Car Wu. And Car is a, a fascinating, I'd say, nonprofit entrepreneur. Is that okay? Yeah. And uh, a fascinating story. He's founded a nonprofit called Artists Helping the Homeless. And uh, we're gonna get his story here and hear about his work. And those of you who are Kansas City based listening to this, I would encourage you to, uh, uh, at the end, we'll talk about how, you know, I'm, I don't know if you work with volunteers and that kind of thing, but we'll let people know how they can connect with what you're doing. Great. But let's first start with where you were born, where you grew up. Give us your backstory a little bit. Okay. Um, I have a very interesting uh, 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 life story. I was born in Macau. Most people don't even know where that is, uh, which is a southern part of China. Um, that was um, when my parents kind of like running away from when the communists take over the country. So they're walking, running. So they all try to run to a south to get away from the that situation. So my parents ran to Macau and then I was born there. Then we moved, migrate to Hong Kong. Hmm. Wow. So how old were you when you migrated to Hong Kong? I was just a baby. I was a okay. newborn. Yeah. Okay. I was literally a newborn. So yeah. I don't know anything. No memories of that. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you grew up in Hong Kong? Yeah. And like went to high school yep. in Hong Kong? Totally. Yeah. How many brothers, sisters do you have? Uh, I have uh, an older sister, and then I have a young, uh, younger sister and a younger brother. Okay. Four of us all together, yeah. All right. So what's it like growing up in Hong Kong? Did you, uh, is it kind of like an American education system a little bit? Like Hong Kong. Elementary, it, junior high, high school kind of a thing? Way, way, way more difficult in high school uh, and school because, um, um, so, because the education system is a lot harder because uh, I sometimes I joke with my kids here and they say, the competition is so tough. That's why when, you, when the Asian people say 4.0 is not good enough, because if you look at it this way, um, in, in Kansas City, you have what, 1.5 million people? In Hong Kong, you have 8 million people? Think about the amount of people to compete for the same job. So ACE is not good enough. You had to be better than ACE for you to compete with that. So I always had this picture of like one picture from, from in, in China. This is like, if you think of the plaza art fair as the most crowded day that people back to back, to think about like that situation that you're trying to go get a test <laughs> to get to college. I don't think kids here don't ever have to do that. They just, but that's the difference. Are, are you talking about something like an ACT, SAT kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, a college entrance exam, uh -huh. things like that. So, so it's- But the competition is crazy. Constant, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's so, uh, you, you always have to be better than good. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so it's a different kind of concept. So, um, but which is kind of good also because you, you, so if you buy into the system and then you will try your best to excel. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's in a sense, that's good, but it could be also very discouraging for people. They say, well, I did my best. It's why, how come it's never good enough? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about your, your family's uh, faith background? Did you have any kind of uh, faith orientation when you were growing up? Uh, not really. Um, uh, we are like, of course, from China, we tend to do a little bit more uh, Buddhism, mm -hmm. more Kuan Yin, more Confucius, Taoism, and stuff like that. So I look at 
faith in a little bit broader sense. Mm -hmm. I, like I say that we are, I am more spiritual most of the time. So, yeah. uh, but and in hindsight, I also thought it was really funny because I just realized I love reading Kung Fu stories when I was a kid. But Kung Fu story is always help the weak, give a helping hand to, to help the next person get back up. Mm. You fight for justice, you do the right things. So in a sense, that's really a good discipline. Yeah. And so, and that's what we need to do. And so sometimes I say, well, people say, why do you do that? Then I say, oh, maybe it's those Kung Fu story I read when I was a kid. <laughs> but when, when I was growing up, here in Kansas City, one of the shows I loved to watch was Kung Fu with uh, David Carradine. Uh, I don't yeah. know, you know. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. I mean, I love that show, yeah. and uh, yeah, I always wanted to be like Kung Fu, and yeah. you know, it's such a simple philosophy. <laughs> you just make the help the next person up. That's all it really mm. is. So so interesting. But you, as far as your family goes, you didn't have a, a rhythm of like going to temple or did you no, practice uh, any kind of meditation or no, anything uh, like that? I think the reason why I say it like that is because as, as my family run away to Hong Kong, we are so poor, we are like, because don't forget you're running away on foot. Like refugees basically, exactly. yeah. And so you have nothing. So when I grew up at that period, we were very, very poor. We were trying to our best to survive. I, some of the story I sh share with my kids nowadays, I would go downstairs where I, my, our apartment is. And I look at the, the, the donut shop. I would stare at the cupcake or the donut. They were probably at 10 cents Hong Kong money at that time. We couldn't afford it. I just look at it every day. I go, I run downstairs to go to school. I never ride the bus because I can walk faster than the bus. It's a big city, you know, you can walk faster than the bus. And, but I would stare at those pastries, but I could never afford it. Wow. And so, and I think that's probably why I have a cookie obsessions now. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of ice cream, yeah. which is my obsession, yours yeah, is so, cookies. And it was just like, um, but it's a different kind of lifestyle because when you're poor in Hong Kong, you're poor, mm. which is different. And I mean, the, but I'm very thankful. I mean, we survive, we make it, but it's different kind of system also. Yeah, yeah. What about your, uh, your when you got out of high school, um, it, did all your your siblings get through high school the same way you did? Every everybody mm -hmm. made it, got through. Yeah. But then after high school, you decided to try to come to America. Is that? Yep. What What was in your thoughts at that point? Um, of course, this is the thing. America is where most foreigner foreigner wants to be at because America is a country to give us the opportunity to do better. We are, we are allowed to better ourselves and we are not working with a lot of the restrictions, a lot of, so, so every kids in, in, I mean, at the time, uh, like they will say, oh, let's go to the United States to go to college because that is the things to do. Right. <laughs> and so that's what I wanted to do. And so I was very, very blessed to got accepted in a junior college in Iowa and so, of course, which, the, which we're at in Iowa, Forest City, Forest City. Which part of Iowa is that? I'm northern part. Okay. Okay. I All have right. to share this story. Okay. This, right. this is like go. You go from Hong Kong to Forest City, Iowa. Yeah, okay. Thousand so, people, maybe. Yeah. So number one, of course, I was so scared. I, I came from Hong Kong to United States. I have fifty dollars in my pocket. And I got on the plane, I flew from Hong Kong to Hawaii and cried all the way through. I'm a crybaby. So <laughs> in hindsight, I thought the people that sitting next to me really hated me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was truthfully scared. And I, because not because I don't want to come here because I don't know what the uncertainties are. Right. And then of course I had to pick, I didn't pick, I just thought United States is one giant San Francisco to New York City because that's what Hong Kong is. So I never knew there was a continent <laughs> that is a Midwest and I never seen snow. And so I did not know snow was cold and wet. 
<laughs> so, so, so you're imagining America is just one big city, correct. like Hong Kong. Exactly. You didn't realize that there was like there's these no little continent. dinky towns out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and the first day I had to run to school, like in Hong Kong, you wear shoes that's leather heel. The first day I run to school, I slide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and but it was. But at the same time, I had to give people from Iowa credit because they're nice people, they're smaller town, they care, they give. So, which is really wonderful. Yeah. I think if my first school was in New York City, I probably would not have survived. But my first school was in the, such a small town, people care. So when I walk around everywhere, when I go to uh, do work or whatever, people will stop by and say, hey kid, where are you going? Let me give you a ride. I said, oh, okay, thank you. Of course, years later, people say, aren't you scared? I said, well, I thought that was the American way. People just nice to give you a ride. Right? <laughs> you know, Iowa people are really some great people, though. Yeah, they are. And they really are. I can see where that would be yeah. uh, such a great introduction to America in yeah, a small it, town Iowa. Yeah, it is you know? really, I mean, it, hmm. I was very thankful. I, I, I always say this, if I didn't go there to begin with, uh, to, I did, uh, if I didn't come to the Midwest to begin with, I probably would not be doing what I'm doing. I probably would not have the same kind of life that I have now. Mm -hmm. But I was blessed because people care. Yeah, yeah. There is a there's a Midwest ethos yeah. that has some some really genuine care and concern for people, which uh, I, I'm. I'm a Midwesterner, so yeah. I was born in Kansas, Wichita, well, Kansas. Great, well, thank in, you. <laughs> up in Kansas City, right? Yeah. So still love this, the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Well, yeah, so you're in college in Iowa, and is your family, all your family still back in Hong Kong when you're in college? No, when I'm in college, they are all in, in, in Hong Kong still. And the first semester I had shared the story with you, I did not know that the college closes for summer. I thought, oh, okay, I pay for tuition, I pay for the dorm, because the, the moment I get off the boat, the plane, I'd wash dishes, and literally the first day. <laughs> And so, but then the, the, the dormitory assistant say, hey, you have to leave. And I said, what do you mean? I live here. <laughs> they said, no, you have to leave because the college closed. Wow. So, so I always use this phrase because when in doubt, you go back to what you know. So I was panicked, I was in doubt, I don't know what to do. So the first thing I know is go to San Francisco. That's where all the Asian people are. <laughs> So I went to San Francisco, walk up and down the street for two weeks, couldn't get a job because nobody would hire me because, and I was mad at them. Like, why did you hire me? I just want a stupid job. <laughs> of course, I forgot my English wasn't good. I was only gonna be there for one summer. And so, so finally I got a job in Palo Alto as a bus boy in a Chinese restaurant. They send a, a, a shuttle bus to come to San Francisco downtown wow. and pick you up and go to work in Palo Alto and bring you back. So I did that whole summer before I go back to school. Wow, yeah. And so, so I do understand the, the challenge of walking up down the street, panicking, don't know what to do. And so, but those negative experiences are always great. I think we all need to experience that mm. because each one of those negative experiences or what we perceive as negative experience at the time can help us have better understanding, can help us have better empathy. And so that as we, because I think God always lead a certain way, but we don't know where. So I would have never known this is what I do if I didn't have those experiences. I mm -hmm. would not have the correct empathy. Mm -hmm. So I think. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you finished college. Yep. Um, what what did you get your degree in? Um, I, I finished my college uh, in, uh, my undergrad is in psychology and business. Uh, I studied master in counseling. Okay. Yeah. I, I do want to step back one little bit about the Midwest people. Okay. Okay. When I first come to Kansas City. Um, yeah, and did you come to KC to go to, to work on your master's at UMKC? I or? went to KU. Oh, you went to KU. I, I, again, I follow where okay. the jobs are, Yeah, not, not where the school. I love KU, don't get me wrong. Right, okay. um, right. It's, uh, it's uh, my alma mater. Yeah. Okay. Go Jayhawks. But I got a job from, 
uh, in Iowa to come to Kansas City. So and um, so I graduated from the junior college. I got this job. So I followed the job, then look for the school. <laughs> because I have to mm -hmm. live somehow. Mm -hmm. But I thought I was totally grown up. So I'm now I, I got a full-time job. I'm going to go to the big university. I got myself an apartment. I got my first credit card. <laughs> so I maxed out my credit card, furnished my apartment. Okay. And so... It's a good American thing to do. Yep, of course. <laughs> then one day at work, the news came on and said that this apartment complex was burnt. The one and, you were living in? Yep. <laughs> Whoa. So. Like uh, not, obviously not while you were there. No, I was you, at work. You're at work. Yeah, and so the news came on. So um, unfortunately, bless the young kid's soul, he was smoking pot, he fell asleep, burn the place down. Oh no. So Whew. my standard argument with people said, they always say pot don't kill. I said, unfortunately for my life it did. <laughs> and so, so, so I lost every single thing that I have, plus I have a credit card debt now. <laughs> and so again, I immediately become homeless. No renter's insurance, huh? <laughs> Come on, you college kid who has rental insurance? Expect your parents not here, right. okay? So, wow, and, what a and, bummer, man! And so, but again, I have to give Midwestern people credit. My co-worker's mother, uh, I had to, so I step back a little bit. My boss immediately said, "Well, you want to take a couple of days off and and then decide what you want to do." I said, "No." Just let me cry for an hour. I'll be right back to work. I have no place to go now. So I cried and then I'm fine. And so, but my coworker's mother was super nice. So she said, kid, you want to live in my basement until mm. you put yourself kind of regroup? Of course, I have no place to go. I, I was so thankful mm. uh, uh, for that. So I live in her basement until I put myself back together. Again, this is a credit to the Midwestern people. Mm. She does not have to do that. Mm. But she opened her heart to me and allowed me to have a safe place to go. She, she knows I still go to school. She knows I have a job. I just needed a place to stay. And she didn't have to do that, but she right. did. So I was very, very thankful for That's that. That's awesome. Yeah. I had to constantly give Midwest people credit. <laughs> right. oh, that's great. So from from your master's, you worked on your master's at KU as well? Uh -huh. And yeah. then and then you moved to Kansas City at that point? No, I've been living in Kansas City. Oh, you uh, had been. Okay. Yeah, so uh, All right. So I So the apartment that burned down was in Kansas City. In Overham Park, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So then, um, well, when you said KU, I just immediately thought Lawrence. Well, you know, because yeah. I it really, yeah. I just never really, I, I think I live in Lawrence for maybe one semester. Okay. That's it. Because the job is always over in the in, in Johnson County side. Yeah. 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 So then you, what, did you go into business for yourself then at, <laughs> yeah. at that point? I, or? Am, I had to qualify this first. I'm the craziest person you ever met. Yeah. Okay. I. I Man, <laughs> that's that's a big statement if you knew some people I met. So anyway. Okay, so as I was trying to graduate from KU, my parent is gonna immigrate over to United States. So suddenly I have a, a retiring parent with my younger brothers and sister that's moving to United States. So again, I panic and I say, what am I gonna do? <laughs> and so, so I'm trying to uh, finish my college, and but then Asian culture always you take care of your parents. Mm -hmm. So then I decided when in doubt, you go back to what you know. So through college, what pay for my bills is I run retail stores. And so I ran a retail clothing store. So, um, so, so then now I have my parents come over. I don't know what to do again. I, I suddenly have, a family of four to take care of. So I decide to go back to what I know. I said, I'm, I love art my whole life. And so I said, I'm just gonna open a gallery. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I'm, this is why I'm saying I'm crazy. I see, I opened a gallery with zero dollars. Wow. And I make things up and these crazy American 
bought them. I said, oh, it's really nice. <laughs> like you did it? It was uh, your artwork? Uh, some of them, yeah. Yeah? In the beginning, yeah. What kind of art? Was it painting? Graphic or whatever. Whatever makes money. <laughs> and so, but so at you this- You just started doing art to sell stuff. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and then of course, the going to the business school does help because I understand business school teach you, if you start a business, you mm -hmm. won't make any money. In fact, you won't mm -hmm. survive. Yeah. And so now I started a business and I know that I had to take care of my parents. So, and I know going through college or business schools tells you, you won't survive. Right. So I said, I better go get another job. Yeah. So what I did is uh, I went to work as a waiter every night after I closed my gallery so that I can pay for my parents' uh, bills. Mm -hmm. So this way I don't have to worry about whether the gallery will survive or not, whether I make any money, I can just make sure that I have income to pay for the bills. Mm -hmm. And so that's why sometimes I try to keep with my kids and say, as a waiter, you can really save a lot of money if you choose to. Right. <laughs> um, so I did that for three years straight. Um, everything that I made from as a waiter go to, support my family to mm -hmm. making sure they are safe. And so uh, and so that's why I said I'm just totally crazy. I mean, I come to the United States with 50 bucks, I open a gallery with zero dollar. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so. Yeah, so you ran the gallery and on, and you, it was on the plaza, right? I actually, it was, uh, I opened it uh, in a, a strip center uh, in uh, actually, is no longer called, it's Loman Plaza. Loman, yeah. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. and then uh, again, being honest always help. Uh, so one day um, I, I walk into the restaurant, which is a fancy restaurant, all the rich people goes there. <laughs> so one of my regular customers say, kid, what are you doing here? So I was a kid then. <laughs> and What year was this, by the way? I don't remember. I'm not giving them. <laughs> that was a trick question. 84, 85, 90, to, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. So he said. <laughs> He's not going to answer. So the, 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 the mystery. The, so the gentleman said, what are you doing here? I said, well, this is my story. I kind of share with him. I said, I had this gallery. I had to do this. I had to support my family. And, and I said, I'm just trying my best to do the best I know how. The, the nice gentleman said, okay, kid, I own this bank. <laughs> Why don't you come to the bank and I teach you how to get a loan? <laughs> yeah. And I did. So he taught me how to get a loan. Mm -hmm. so like that a I business can, loan yep. for the gallery. Uh -huh. So that way I can open my second store. <laughs> okay. So you opened one on Loman Plaza. That was and, my first one. And, yeah. And then you opened a second one? In War Parkway. Okay. And so. In, in, on the plaza? Was no, it? actually the Wapaway Shopping Center at the time. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, so finally I moved to Oak Park. Okay. And then um, from Oak Park, I moved to Town Center, which is Leewood. Oh, wow. And then eventually I moved to the plaza. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, gotcha. a, a little journey. And were you picking up what type of art gallery were you now selling local artists or mostly local people or no actually i opened a, a fine art gallery with interior design surface and so um and so we carry a lot of very well-known famous artists across the united states and some um i will carry like sculpture by Erte. <laughs> okay and um War relief sculpture by Bill Mack, and so uh, really big oh, name artists. Yeah, and, yeah. And then at the same time, I, I do interior design for the people I work with, and so that I can, mm. I can um, help them put together their home. So I my my joke always was my first job is teach them how to dress, the second job is teach them how to put the house together. <laughs> yeah. And I do want a, a, a few awards for interior design also. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so you, how long did you do the gallery? Oh, my whole life, long time. Up until what? Until 10 or 15 years ago, something yeah. like that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so 
And so I moved my gallery from town center, which is the, the 90210 of California, <laughs> and to the plaza. And so, so this is how we totally changed my journey in life. Mm -hmm. And when I moved my gallery to the plaza, this is the first time I realized there's homeless people. Yeah. In Leewood, you don't see them. Right. They are down on the other side of town. Right. And so uh, you have no, this, you don't see them, period. Mm -hmm. It's just no, you, you might heard, heard about them. Right. So, but when I moved my gallery to the plaza, I suddenly I see all these homeless people. I say, what's wrong with this picture? This is supposed to be the richest shopping center in Kansas City, Missouri. Where do these come, people come from? Mm. So my heart went out to them. So one day, uh, one Sunday, I decided to take 20 sandwiches down to the park to feed them. Mm -hmm. That's how this program started. So naive and innocent. Mm. I always do crazy, naive, and stupid things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not so stupid, but yeah, yeah. kind-hearted. Yeah, and so uh, so you're taking twenty sandwiches down to the park. Yeah, and this is the beginning of your heart for the homeless. Yep, and because literally before that, I don't see them. Literally, or for lack of, I even avoid them because I'm you are in Leeward, you don't see them. You don't. Even, in fact, my standard joke was before this, you don't even drive past Ninety Fifth Street. Mm -hmm. Everything is brand new out south. Right. Why do you go drive past 95th Street? Right. And so, but I was glad that I had the opportunity to learn that. So, so what happened is, and then uh, my heart goes out to them. So I opened up my gallery. I said, they can come and get some food. They can come and get some supplies. They can use the bathroom. And so KCUMB at the time thought I was weird. <laughs> he said, why would a gallery owner open the store up for them to come in? I said, I don't know. It's, <laughs> they needed the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I said I'm crazy. <laughs> right, yeah. Bad for business. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they can sneak in and out quite Sneak quickly. in and out, yeah. all right. So it wasn't so bad then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so at at this juncture, you're running a gallery. You're you're helping out homeless people. Where where does it go from there? Well, see, this is what I said. This is where I think God had a calling for me. I did not realize it until the last couple of years. So the at the time, uh, the hospital was inundated with non-emergency emergency, emergency uh, client patients. So they were, because a lot of homeless people would have no place to go to, they would go to the hospital emergency room to ask for help, but they really don't need the medical treatment. So they're dealing with this challenge. Um, so, so St. Luke Hospital called a citywide meeting. So just, just to clarify, so this, these are people who probably don't have any insurance. No. They need medical help. It's not a real emergency, but yeah. the only place they can check in and try to get any help at all is in the emergency room. Correct. Yeah. That happens all the time. All the time. Yeah. Right. So the hospital called a city wide meeting to see how to address this challenge. And then, um, of course, they called every service provider at the time to come to this meeting. During this meeting, uh, but they, they give them, I, I had to backstab a little bit, I had to give them credit. They asked the homeless people who they want to work with. My name keep coming up. So they came to my gallery, look for me, say, can you come to this meeting? Mm. I said, sure, no problem, I'll come to this meeting. Mm. <laughs> so, and at this meeting, I don't know what inspired them. They chose me to create a program to address these issues. They didn't tell me what to do. <laughs> They say, create something. Now you're calling an artist. <laughs> say, go create something. Right. Of course, piece of cake, I'll create something yeah, for right, you. <laughs> right. That's right down my alley. Yeah, exactly. Like, not like I have any true homelessness experience. Not like I'm a social worker, anything. My heart just goes out to them. So I said, sure, no problem, I'll do it. This is how naive and crazy I am again. So I thought, okay, I will do this Monday through Thursday and weekend. I will keep my gallery open. I will do my gallery. 
Finally, I realized after a couple of months of soul searching, I realized I'm old now. I'm no longer young. I don't have that kind of energy. Like when I was younger day, I can run a store full time, go to work another part, uh, a full time job as a waiter. I don't have the energy. So, so I had to do some soul searching. So I decided to close my gallery to do this full time. Of course, it took me four months to kind of agonize over it. I, I, I bug everybody that I know. I say, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? So one of my friends who is really intelligent just say, you always help people your whole life. You have the opportunity to, to do it. What are you whining about? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, but I don't know what to do. So then I said, okay, fine. So I closed my gallery. So what I did is I did not have a moving sale. I didn't have a going out away business sale. I just packed everything and put it in the garage. It's still there. Oh, wow. <laughs> like your whole gallery, mm -hmm. all the art, still that in, was all its all sculptures, everything. Wow. Yeah. So, huh. but I was truly- It's like your retirement. Yeah. <laughs> you can sell all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. And so, but the, the thing is I was blessed. I was given the opportunity to create. And so I have no preconceived notion what I'm getting myself into. Mm -hmm. And I was truly thankful the hospital actually trusts me. Um, so, but the beauty of being a foreigner, I look at things totally differently. I look at things with a different set of eyes. So I can look at the challenge and and then, of course, in the beginning, I create a transportation program to help them get to shelters. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of trapped with me. <laughs> so they had to talk to me. <laughs> so for 20 minutes, I had to listen to what the challenges are so I can mm -hmm. learn from them right. to, to know what to do. Um, did you start the, the 501c3 right away, right, right at that time? Yeah, pretty right much. Time frame, yeah. So this is artists helping the homeless. Correct, yeah. A H H. Uh huh. And you basically just had a heart. You were helping out. The homeless people themselves said they wanted to work with you. Uh huh. And then the hospitals are working with you. Mm -hmm. And basically, it, what you're doing is trying to figure out where there are, where the services are not helping people, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there, there are services out there. There were services that were going on 10, 15 years ago, but there were big gaps yeah. in the services that were being provided for people. Yeah. So am I right? Did Correct. you begin to try to figure out where those gaps were? Correct. So, and then you incrementally year by year by year, you started tackling those gaps, some yeah. of those gaps. Is so that beca right? Because yeah. like, okay, so uh, like, because all the service providers are great service provider, but they all work in silos. Mm. Okay, so, and so right. when you get there, they do a great job. Yeah. But how do you get there? Right. So I always share the story. So if you are in detox, one day I'm homeless, I decide I'm gonna change my life. I'm gonna go to detox, I'm gonna quit using. So I got a bed at detox. The detox is usually what? five days maximum. Okay, so the cost for a detox bed in Kansas City average, even though we don't pay for it, it's like $1,000 a day. So that's five grand. So after we spend five grand, the community and the places spend five grand, they need to go to inpatient, right? Mm -hmm. The inpatient in Kansas City right now, the way is four to eight weeks. If you can get in eight weeks, you're pretty lucky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, so then these people- have And no that's place. expensive. Yeah. Inpatient's super expensive. Yeah. If your private yeah. insurance is like tens and thousands of dollars. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like 30, 40 yeah. grand stuff yeah. so, like that, yeah. So now then these people with this great intention, great motivation, when the detox, trying to get support, they got the clarity of mind for five days, mm -hmm. but now they have no place to go. So mm -hmm. when in doubt, you go back to what you know. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? I go back down the bridge. My friends are there, we hang out. Oh, let's party again. Mm. So, so we waste the community, the money. We also waste this person's incentive, which is more important. Mm. And so, so then, so then people say, why do we care? We care because we pay for it. 
the community pay for it through our insurance, through our tax. So I can use like sometimes you say, oh, I saw this per poor person on the street. Let's call the ambulance for them. The ambulance rides is what? $2,000. It's pricey. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so. I have, so, a, I have so, a funny story about that. Yeah, so, Concerning myself, actually. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> so, but one thing is, okay, you call the ambulance for them. You uh -huh. call, I think it's made 1200 or something like yeah. that. Off the yeah, it is. Yeah, $1,200 right. is the ambulance ride. The fire department takes you, it's even more. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then you take them to the hospital, emergency room visit, when you walk in the door, it's 2,250. That's it going right in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. So that phone call is alone just cost yeah. the committee 3,500. They have court issues and another 1,500, yeah. that's five grand per phone call. Again, and if you get into lucky, he get into detox, that's 10 grand we just spent but you'd have no place to go. Mm -hmm. We, our community just spent $10,000 mm -hmm. for nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to identify those missing link, mm -hmm. provide service for the gap so they can have a continual, a true continual care. Mm. Not like, okay, we got them a detox, we did a great job. Yeah, We got them in the homeless shelter, we did a great job. So we, we need to really provide this true continuum care and true wraparound service. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. preaching a little bit, sorry. No, it's great though, I like it. So, and that's a, it's a great way to, you know, attack a, a, a situation. Do you, do you work both in Kansas City, Missouri and Kansas City, Kansas? Do you work? I work in KCMO and Kansas. I work in Douglas County, Johnson County, Wyandotte County, mm -hmm. Jackson County, Clay County, Platte County, okay. St. Joe. <laughs> wow. Do you actually, so, um, so you ended up developing like a short-term house called the Bodie House, uh -huh. is that right? Yeah. And then a longer-term type place called Finnegan Place? Correct, yeah. Is this right? Mm -hmm. Plus, plus trying to provide health and dental care? Correct, yeah. Plus exercise education? Correct, yeah plus legal help. Correct. So let's let's go through some of those things, like because it's, there's a bit of a progression to that, I think, yeah. right? It's important because. And I like I like the philosophy. I saw your stuff on no judgments, uh -huh. which is, a, you know, is another way of talking about loving people, right? Yeah. No judgments. Yeah, because when I do an intake with them, it's not what they did in the past is what they will do. Mm -hmm. That's what makes their life change. They have gone through enough judgment in their life. Mm. So let's see what will you do moving forward. I think that's more important. Right. That what's done is done, it's, you can't change that. So then of course what I did is I tried to identify what is missing. So we, so they don't have a temporary place to go to. So you, we create, create a housing for them to stay temporary so they can put their life together, reflect, slow down to think. Uh, we are- Is that the Bodhi house? Yeah. And that's short term. Well, short term could be anywhere from 30 days to six months. The case by case is so different. Oh, wow. And so- but Are these actual homes? Is this something like, is this something like, like Oxford homes type it's stuff? Kind of like it's kind like Oxford home type thing. It's like- you've you've actually acquired homes uh -huh. and do you have like a house parent in these homes or some kind of a oh it's 24 hour monitor we, yeah i have help that works there all day long so we don't let them just stay there and have no uh accountability so when they are there we what we want them to do is slow down reflect what they want mm -hmm. i don't want to tell them what they want i want them to find out what they want if they find out what they want, then they will follow through because this is what they want, not what how I many, tell them. How many Bodhi houses do you have? Uh, right now, I have three. Okay, and how many people can stay in those houses? Anywhere from eight, eight to 12 people. Per house? Uh -huh, yeah. And is it co-ed? No, it's- Only men? Yeah, men. I learned my lesson really well in co-ed. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> no children? No children. Okay, yeah. men only. Yeah. All right, and then, so you can, at these at these 30 day places, monitoring 24 hours, so are you helping them get some type of work as well as? Correct. 
as, as well as they're probably in in group therapy and different things like yeah. that as they're in the house so what we do is some of them might need ids we help them get the ids and then uh, if they need individual counseling we partner with resolve and so they will provide private counselor for us what who do you partner with resolve resolve yeah okay i'm not familiar with them they in privilege okay yeah, and so um so they will do uh, individual counseling for us for the people who wants them okay and then we provide aana meetings for them regularly every week and what percentage of the guys uh do you, are in there because of the uh, of an addiction or of almost 100 percent. okay yeah okay and so because uh they, they might have some mental health um, mm -hmm. as well as a substance use challenge. Mm -hmm. um, but they, I think the reason why they use substance is because they react, they use it as an escape. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so we have to help them address what's the cause, how do we address those things. And we like you said, we provide medical dental care also because if they're living on the street, they don't take care of these things. Mm -hmm. And so, but the medical care that we provide, we partner with doctors so that basically we got a baseline. So again, it helped the community save money uh, because like if they have a minor medical issues, we don't send them to the emergency room. We just say, go see the doctor. Mm -hmm. Now we have a baseline that we can work from. Right. So, so we don't uh, use the community resource for no reason. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we also have a scholarship fund and so what i do the reason why we do that is sometimes i work with younger uh, uh, that's why i always call them kids they were on the street they have the in good intention i'm gonna go to school i'm gonna get a student loan i'm gonna get a Pell grant of course they're on the street they mm -hmm. don't go mm -hmm. so suddenly they owe money so they cannot go so what we try to do if that's what they truly want so we help them get back to school right away and help them start paying back that because Pell Grants and scholarship fund are very forgiving so you all you have to do is pay eight months very small amount consecutively and then you can get back on track the reason why we did that is because if we ask them to wait when's the last time we all skipped college for one year and then go back yeah <laughs> we don't yeah, not so too I thought many, this right? way you have you can go right back while you put those things together mm. and so I think because the our program our philosophy is a little bit different we don't want them to survive we want them to thrive mm. I the my personal feeling is there's enough people trying to survive <laughs> yeah and let's making sure they have an opportunity to thrive and part of it's my selfishness because I'm old they need to pay in <laughs> so that I get, get the tax money and retire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what, um, so what's Finnegan Place then? So you've got the Bodie House, uh -huh. it's a shorter term. What's mm -hmm. Finnegan House? Okay, so the Finnegan House is that what I call the second phase. So what happened is sometimes- so By the way, do all those, when they're in the Bodie House, um, that's where all of those resources come online, The the proactive health and dental yeah. care, the the exercise, education, the counseling mm -hmm. that you mentioned, and then even some of the legal issues, all that happens while they're in the Bodie house. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So then what's, yeah, so then phase two, what's Finnegan's place? The, we still provide all those services for the people at the second phase. The only difference is now that they do well, they get a full-time job, they're ready to move on, they want their, their own more independent living, but they're not quite ready. Some of them, if they're ready, we move them forward to other places. But it's part of the challenge, so if they were doing, like have a challenging life for a while, so the credit history is horrible, and then they might have some charges, don't allow them to rent a place. Mm. So this way we charge a minimal rent at that place, but in se the, the cost of run, uh, renting the Finnegan is the same cost as going to an Oxford house. But now you got an apartment. Every other service we provide that we still provide for free. We still take them to work if they need transportation because we have transportation, we take them mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so, but this way they can build a credit history so suddenly, if they were there for eight months to a year, then they can go to a landlord and say, I have this rental history. Now I'm qualified to rent a place. 
before they can't. Mm -hmm. So this is another, this is a second step to help them really de develop an independent living. And also when they first get out, we don't want them to have uh, some of them, not all of them, some of them might still need the accountability. So in the apartment living, we still have all the wraparound services. Mm -hmm. We still have apartment manager to making sure everybody is doing okay, even though they have all the freedom now. But still the accountability is there. We still uh, ask them to join us for meetings and things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And we still ask them to go join us at the park to feed the homeless. And so giving back is important also. Mm -hmm. So that's why we ask them to do that. So this way they have the opportunity to build that credit or if they have some charges, they won't allow them to rent a place. Mm -hmm. um, so this way they, they can let the landlord know, okay, but I have this history of doing this already now. So yeah. I think, which is also very important. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, is the Finnegan house, is that similar? Like these actual houses? Do you have these are the apartment, it's an 18 unit apartment. Okay. So they actually ran the apartment. Okay. And so. And is this located in KCMO or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of still the Midtown area. Okay. And the beauty of that is I want to test, share a couple of success story out of that because I have, um, one young gentleman I work with, I worked with him for four or five years. I moved him from Bodie to Finnegan. He met a girl, he, they, they, they got along well, they have a kids together. Uh, so, so we have them live in Finnegan for a while. And so they saved enough money last year. They bought their own house, moved forward. Mm. And so I was super proud of them because right. like, um, they bought a two hundred fifty thousand dollar home. Wow! Because how we because we teach them how to budget, we teach them how to raise a credit score and things like that. So from a homeless situation to buying a homeowner, so when we have some, I would joke with everybody. Suddenly, in the beginning of our meeting is how do you stop using? How do you get away? How, uh, try not to get into trouble. How do we not do anything that's illegal and things like that? To suddenly, what insurance company do you get? What kind of car do you have to buy? Um, and whole, whole new set of totally problems, right? All, yeah, <laughs> or, like or a, opportunities. But the, yeah. the, almost like a normal life. In fact, yeah. last Sunday, I was having lunch with a couple of the gentlemen I work with. Same thing. They're getting ready to buy a house, buy some land. So because they have four cars, they, they, they want to make sure they have land to park their car. <laughs> <laughs> so which is really gratifying for me because this is what I meant by thriving. We want them to thrive. Mm. And we want them to do well, do what they love so they can have a life that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm thankful, yeah. And and then of course some of my kids, like I say, I joke with you earlier about my kid that gone to college, I demand them to have 4.0s. Right. And then uh, <laughs> one of my kids just got in, he was the, he made the honorable student of the business school last November uh, at KU. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's I have, amazing. I have another kid that, that we put them to school for engineering school, and now he's an engineer for uh, a big architect firm. Mm. And so those are the story we want, and these are from homeless people, quote unquote. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's but great. the potentials are there, we just have to find them. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so, so beautiful. I'm crazy. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's a, that's a good kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good kind of crazy. So um, if people want to connect with what you're doing, um, where, like, do you have a website? If people, like, do you have a volunteer, any kind of volunteer opportunities? What are, what are some of the ways that people could connect with uh, artists helping the homeless? Okay. Of course we do have the website is www ahh.org and then uh, my phone number is pretty out in public. I get a hundred more than a hundred phone call a day. So people can call me anytime. I answer my phone call the moment I wake up till I go to bed. Uh, that, wow. And so it's like uh, your phone. Yeah. And so, and then of course the good thing about it too, uh, uh, I want to kind of share this also if you don't mind. And so like three years ago, um, Douglas County in Kansas got wind of what we do. So they came out and observed what we do. 
And so they uh, asked us to replicate our concepts from our program in Douglas County. That's why now we have a whole program in Douglas County uh, servicing uh, as well. So, mm. so we are very thankful because uh, uh, they allow us to replicate what we do. That's amazing. Yeah, and you you've you've received some great recognition, right? Like you were like you've been voted like one of the top nonprofits in Kansas City. Like, haven't you been a, at least you've been recognized? I, I've been recognized. I'm very thankful. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm not one of the best for a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I am. <laughs> well, but no, you've had some some really good yeah. mm -hmm. uh, recognition around what you're doing. Yeah. And um, if people look up just your name, like it just Google up. your name, Car Wu, K-A-R-W-O-O. Uh-huh. Kansas City. Yeah. There you you've got the TED Talk that you did, TEDx uh -huh. talk and at UMKC I Correct, think yeah. and there's numbers of other interviews that you've done. You can get access to the website and yeah. and all that. What about volunteers? Okay. We do have a Sunday meal every Sunday at 3.30. So if people want to join us to come say hi. So, and I usually like to find out what they want to do. Again, same concept. Mm -hmm. uh, and then of course I do partner with uh, a, a couple college, a few colleges. They send their practicum student to do their practicum with me. And so uh, like the social workers, the nurses, and um, so they uh, they they do send the student to do practicum with me. Okay. And then um, so of course sometimes we need people organizing things, and so it's always some arts and ends stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course, right. always money. So people want to donate money. Right. Money is never is. Yeah. Always never money. enough. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. That's good. Good. Yeah. So. Um, what what are your what are your plans for the future i mean what what are, is there anything on the drawing board the next one to two years is it developing douglas county more what yeah we are what, i'm putting together kind of, um i i this last year i put together the second phase program for douglas county because in the beginning we did the first phase now we uh, last year we did the second phase so and then i'm also trying to put together another program for them it's on the planning stage right now so I don't want to talk about that yet mm -hmm. and so so we so we will expand our program a little bit more in Douglas County and so we are truthfully thankful to was mm -hmm. given the opportunity uh, um, and especially I always joke about um, I'm a nobody and I was given the opportunity that's why I thought I'm not religious but I'm very spiritual but somehow I received a calling like that many, many years ago, I accepted it, but I don't know anything about it. I just said, oh, great, I just got to do this. But last couple of years, I realized I got a calling, I accepted it. I was thankful that I could do that. And I share with you the negative experience I have, like walking up and down San Francisco street for two weeks, looking for jobs, my apartment burned down and all that. But those experiences are actually the positive experience mm for me to have the correct empathy, the understanding to serve the people that needed it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, uh, I forgot the word. Um, so uh, one of the minister was telling me that uh, I'm one of those people that don't do drugs. What was the word, newbie? Maybe, I don't know. And anyway, so she, she was telling me, statistically speaking, most people uh, uh, that in my situation could never create a program and be successful. In mm. fact, they have books about that. Mm -hmm. And so she said, you're breaking all the rules. <laughs> mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, so what I share with her is, but empathy is empathy. Mm -hmm. If you have the true empathy, you have the understanding, mm -hmm. And so that we can relate to uh, people as an individual. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also very important. Right. right. And so, so if we gone through any negative experience, I think at the time it's challenging, but in the long run, it come back to benefit us. We just did not know it at that time. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and 
I want to share one more story if you have time. Yeah, okay. please. Uh, in uh, two years ago, or tw year 2000, mm -hmm. yeah, so COVID was hitting really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I moved my mother uh, because she was getting old. So I moved my mother from uh, her home to the apartment I, I run because I, I spent so much time running over so it's easier to keep track of her. So I realized uh, that something is not quite right because I, so I said, I'll send her back home. I said, because I said, well, with COVID, I really don't want her to be with so many people either. And so I sent her back home and then-, uh, then By I, back home, what do you mean? Like my, her own home. Because I moved her from her house. But you're talking about here in Kansas City in though, Kansas you're not, City, yeah. okay. Yeah. Was in Northern Park, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he, she was living like, so I feel like I didn't go that enough time. So then I moved her from her home in Northern Park to the apartment I run right. so that I can spend more See time more. with her. Yeah, because as I worked there. And so, but then with the COVID, I decided, uh, I don't know, I don't know what I want to, because with all my kids there, they all go down there and check on her. So it's kind of fun for an older person, you know, and she's always laughing and say, all oh, these kids just come say hi to me. And so, and so, and then, but the, with COVID, I, then I worry, oh, these kids might have COVID, you know? Mm -hmm. So I move her home, mm -hmm. uh, back to her, her own home, basically. Right. And then I, then I noticed that uh, she has, her health wasn't good. So I took her to, um, to see the doctor. Uh, at that time, then I find out that she, we discovered that she has cancer. Oh no. And so, and so, Unfortunately, so me and my younger sister, we constantly take, not constantly, it's regularly taking her to see the doctor to follow up and to make sure that she's okay. And then my sister, one day got really frustrated with me and say, what would you do if it's you? And unbeknownst to her, I was actually going through the same thing at the same time. And, um, um, while she was going through her cancer, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm. And at the same time with COVID hitting really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of service provider cut back on their services. Mm. So then, because I kind of like put different people in different program, but suddenly there's no program to put them. So I was panicking, I don't know what to do. So, so I decided, so I decided to create another program, mm -hmm. what I call a shelter in place program. It's a mm -hmm. hotel program. I rent a 10 hotel room and to, so that the people I serve has a place to go to. They're not COVID positive, but they have a place to go to so they don't contact it or get into trouble with it or spread it. Mm. So, and so here I am, so, um, my mother was going through that and then I was going through it myself and it was kind of like a challenging time. Mm. And, but unfortunately for her, her, her cancer was in her, her body fluid. So she passed away in June 20th. I'm sorry. And oh. so it was, it was, it was, it was June okay. 2020, June 20. June 6th, I'm sorry, June 6th, 2020. Okay. And so, um, so she's passed away this year will be two years. Okay. And so, but at the same time, um, I was going through my own challenge. Mm -hmm. and I had to go through radiations and all that. But in the community wise, I have to go through the COVID challenge. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and created shelter in place program as I was going through my mother's passing and my own health challenge. Mm. And and I thought I was truly blessed and that I'm gonna use this as a blessing. Um, I gone through the radiation with no problem. I actually worked every single day. I, I didn't mm. take a day off. <laughs> I had one of my kids, I say, after treatment, I can't drive. Can you come drive me so I can go to work? Wow. <laughs> so, and, and, and they did. So, so I want to share that part. And if we have time, I want to share, share a continued part. And so, just because we have challenge, we have setback, does not allow us to give up what we do. Mm. I think it's important to push forward. Mm. So to, 
I mean, I can use that as an excuse. I say, forget you all. I'm having this problem. Mm -hmm. I should just quit. But at the same time, that program alone in 11 months, we house 195 people. We get 200 pe uh, 195 people off the street. Mm. If I would have given up, that 195 people would have no place to mm -hmm. go. So I think that's all very important. And, and then, then fast forward with another year. And uh, so uh, then in Douglas County, we, we were having, we did the first phase program. And so then people are doing really well, but I have no place to move them forward to. I had to create a second phase. And so, and I am trying my best to put together the second phase and try to make, make it work and try to figure out what to do. Because like, remember last year is the worst time to get real estate. Mm -hmm. And here I am trying to like put together a second phase to, mm -hmm. in the worst time to get real estate. And I think this is my joke. <laughs> I think God is testing me how stubborn I am. Whether is this what you really want? <laughs> right. And so, and then at the same time, I'm trying to negotiate places to try to get the property to get all this done. My doctor say, well, I'm sorry. Um, we just did the test. You have a colon cancer. Oh no. And so I said, great. What do we have to do now? Um, I had to cut six inches off your colon. I said, wonderful. How do you do that? Oh, we do this robotic surgery. It's really fun. So I went online, look at, it's really fun. They're, oh, gosh. they're perfect for kids. They, they, they love to play games. And they just, they, they don't even cut, come to your room. They on computer doing all this stuff. <laughs> and so, and uh, so, and so last year in April 17, I had my colon surgery. I joke with the doctor, I make fun of him all the time. I said, you must be really good at playing games. Right. <laughs> and, and, at the same time, on the 18th, I'm answering my phone to do my work and making sure everything goes forward. And then at the same time, putting together my second phase for my uh, Douglas County's project. Wow. And so we, I actually closed on that pro property at <laughs> that time frame. Wow. And so, but what the only reason why I want to share that is sometimes we take our health for granted, but we are given good health. We're given this blessing, not for us because I, would, I truly believe I was given that blessing so that I can continue to serve. Mm. And so I've, I, I, that's why I want to share that part because yeah. a lot, again, I can easily say, forget you all. Right. This is not fair. Yeah. Why do I have to go for it a second time two yeah. years in a row? Yeah. But here I am sitting with you, I'm totally okay. Wow. And so I'm, my neuropathy bugs me, but that's part of, okay. I talk to my doctor, every time I ask him, he said, oh, that's normal. I said, great, yeah. thank you. <laughs> wow. But I want to share that because yeah. I, I don't want people to give up just because they have setback and challenges. Yeah, boy. I it want can, them to keep- It can be so challenging, right? Yeah. When we go through those kind of difficulties. Yeah. yeah. But if we look at it, it's a lesson to learn, mm -hmm. a lesson to move forward to. I think that's what makes yeah. the importance. That's, yeah, we all need to hear that, man. It's so, <laughs> God bless you for that. It's so inspirational. Well, and thank you. Appreciate yeah. you I, This sharing. is what I want to tell all my kids. I say, just because yeah. you have a setback. Right. Take that as a lesson and move forward. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, we all need I, to do that. That's what I'm trying to do, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's, yeah, it, it's, it's like you're, whatever your whatever hand you're dealt whatever yeah. mm -hmm. you know dealing with life on life's terms as we exactly. as we say in the in the program um and then with through and you don't have to do it alone you no, you don't when you're in community when you're with mm -hmm. other people um you can you know I like to say this is a we program yeah and so we can we can move forward together yeah, in fact, in even one through the most difficult circumstances, and we don't have to use, and we don't have to do yeah. all the other things. We can, we can turn this corner together, move forward together. Totally, because of the, the few me meetings ago when I had a meeting with them, I thanked them. I said, "You know why? You guys are my motivation. Mm -hmm. Without you, what do I do? I sit at home and sulk and feel sorry for myself." <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, but with yeah. you, I have I have a motivation. Yeah. 
I have a purpose. Yeah. So that I can use this purpose as my motivation to move forward, to do the right things for them. So God gave me the good health, not for me, so that I can continue to serve. Yeah, God bless you. That's great. Well, Carr, thank you so much for joining us on Spirituality oh, Adventures. That's cr that is just an amazing, amazing life story and how you've given yourself to this community here in Kansas City. Well, thank you, I'm blessed. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for your service to Kansas City and for the way you have valued people, even when they're in their most difficult circumstances. You, I love that, no, no judgments. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you try to find the, the gaps in the services and you've, you've, you've moved to make that happen. So it's a beautiful, beautiful example of how we all need to, uh, you know, live for something bigger than ourselves. Yep. Totally. Build community around that yeah. and, uh, and, and, and serve. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. No, I'm learning how to be tackled the challenge that's bigger than ourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you bet. All right. Well, thank you so much for Thanks being on Spirituality Adventures. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will see you next. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using, and then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.